0: Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another interesting monologue for you today. It's part three of our podcast series this week, and today it's all about collard greens, the leafy wonders that have graced our tables for generations. But today we're going to dive deep into the often overlooked history of these greens and their undeniable connection to African-Americans. Now, when you think of collard greens, you might picture them as nothing more than a side dish on your Thanksgiving table, surrounded by turkey and cranberry sauce. I got
1: beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, beans, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, right. But the story
0: of collard greens is one that's intertwined with the journey of African Americans throughout American history. Let's rewind the clock to the dark days of slavery. As if there were brighter days of slavery, but I digress. Collard greens were not native to North America. What? Yep, yep, you heard that right. They were brought here by African slaves who carried with them a rich agricultural knowledge from their homelands. These greens were not just a culinary delight. They were also a symbol of resilience and survival in the face of unimaginable hardship. Through their forced labor on plantations, African slaves, or what I like to call them African hostages, used their expertise to cultivate and nourish the collard greens, turning them into a staple of their meager diet. He's right, you know. These greens became a vital source of sustenance, providing essential nutrients and a taste of home that no oppressive master could strip away.
1: Yeah, boy!
0: And as the generations passed, the tradition of growing and cooking collard greens were passed down from one family to another, becoming an enduring part of African-American culture. It's a tale of sustenance and survival in the face of adversity, a history that deserves our recognition and respect.
2: But the story like doesn't used- end
0: there. The journey of collard greens also mirrors the broader history of African Americans during the Civil Rights Movement. As African Americans fought for their rights and equality, they clung to their culinary heritage as a way to preserve their identity and culture. Collard greens were more than just a dish. They represented a connection to their ancestors, a celebration of their strength and a tribute to their sacrifices made for a better future. Through hardship and a struggle. African-Americans demonstrated their resilience and turned these greens into a symbol of triumph over adversity. And as time went on, collard greens crossed racial and cultural boundaries as well, becoming a beloved part of the Southern cuisine. They moved from the fields of plantations to the tables of both white and black families transcending racial divides. Today, collard greens have become a symbol of unity, reminding us that despite our differences, there's always a common thread that connects us all. So the next time you sit down to enjoy a plate of collard greens, take a moment to reflect on the rich history and the extraordinary journey they've taken. Remember the hands that toiled to cultivate them, the resilience they represent, and the unity they foster. Let's honor the legacy of Collard Greens and the African Americans who helped shape their story. And that's the story of Collard Greens, a tale of strength, survival, and unity that continues to grace our tables and hearts. I'm Marquise Lufting, signing off with a call to appreciate the history behind the food we eat.
1: And now, on to our panel discussion.
0: So today, we have Chef Oliver Say, who's the owner and operator of Homage Cuisines of West African Diaspora, and Chef Marilyn Christian, owner of V Lightfully vegan llc i would like to thank you both for joining us in studio today
2: thank you for having me thank you for having us
0: and i hope you enjoyed our recent monologue and for more information on this monologue and any other monologue you may have heard you can email us at marquise underscore lupton at witf.org again that's marquise underscore lupton at witf.org now on to our panel i would like to thank our panel once again for coming in, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to Marquise, ah, for tuning in to the Melanin Report with Marquise (laughs) Lupton. You could be listening to anything else or any other podcast, and you chose to listen to this one. So I appreciate for you making me a part of your day. And the best thing you can do right now is share this podcast with a friend because friends don't let friends Melanin Report alone. So, like I said, our guests today, we have Marilyn Jackson and we have Oliver Say. So, first question here. Uh, Marilyn, this will go to you. The The history, the history of collard greens in America. Where do we start?
2: Oh, the history. For me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the history for me would be my grandmother, mm-hmm. my nana. Um, she has... A God rest her soul. She's no longer with us. But um, for years, she had uh, she had a garden in a, in her backyard, and um, she would have me, even as a little girl, pulling greens, cleaning greens, um, string beans as well. Um, and I just remember, you know, she would tell me to parboil them, and I said, Nana, what is that? She said, It's when you just put them in a the pot. And and you parboil it. I'm like, well, what does that do? You know. And she's just like, you just you just parboil them. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I said, okay. Well, I won't ask some more questions about that. I just knew that was something that you had to do. You yeah. had to put your once you clean your greens and you you know. Um, now I would say de-rib them, like get mm-hmm. the, the stem out of them, and um, put them in a large pot with water, no season or anything, mm-hmm. and then you parboil them, as my nana says. So that's <laughs> that just stuck with me, and yeah. that's actually something that I still do. So
0: yeah, um, uh, chef O, not too many people know this. I certainly didn't notice until mm-hmm. I did the research. But um, the origin story of greens starts in the motherland.
1: Yes, um, and actually, um, my my history is probably a little bit different than um, <laughs> uh, Chef Maryland here. But uh, mine didn't start out with collard greens, mm-hmm. which okay. obviously I'm from. I'm from West Africa, mm-hmm. so nice. that's where I was born. But I was raised in the states, so we used to cook a lot of greens in a home. But it was more like um, cassava leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm. actually a dish called cassava leaf, but it's actually the greens of the cassava, the tops, the heads, oh, wow. Um, wow. so that we use and we. Cooks kind of kind of like the same preparation that we do with collard greens, but we cook it in stews um, and put put in there. So we have like cassava leaf, potato greens, there's water greens, so many things. So when we came to the states, and I found out about some other greens, you know, like your collard, your turnips, mm-hmm. um, even kale, mm-hmm. um, it was just you know the same the same application, just, you know, with different greens. and But that's what we did, right? You know, depending where we were, where we were in West Africa, where we had to adapt to different situations in the, the quote-unquote new world, that's a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but we had to adapt, so we found different greens to cook with, but it's all in the same application all through the diaspora, whether we're in West Africa, the American South, or Beautiful. the Caribbean
0: beautiful so. yeah um, um I have I have here it says that uh greens originated near Greece but it wasn't until the first Africans arrived in Jamestown Virginia in the early 1600s that America got its first taste of the dark green leafy vegetable mm. now now growing up the crazy thing is is that I never looked at greens as a vegetable like mm. I like, even though it clearly is a vegetable right, right. It, it shares the same color as vegetables, vegetables sh- should, should be, should be. Green, exactly yeah. but but i never looked at it as an actual vegetable, vegetable. Hmm. you know um how about you all growing up what did you look at greens as
2: you wanna go Okay. <laughs> um, they stink. <laughs> <laughs> I just i re- I'm telling you, I remember and I'm I'm so sorry, but that is truly the the foundation of um, cooking for me is my Nana. Like mm-hmm. she's just so close to home for me because I learned so much from her. But I remember they they smelled really bad and I was just like, I don't know if I wanna eat these. <laughs> <laughs> and she's oh they're good for you. Get you go to the bathroom real good. I'm like Okay, so later on like not you know I would help her prepare them um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't actually eat them because because of, of the smell mm-hmm. so I really didn't associate it to being a vegetable I, I associate it with the smell oh. if that makes any any kind of sense mm-hmm. um, I just associated that it, they smelled funny oh wow
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and maybe why we don't associate it with being vegetable because mostly all the time we're cooking it in fat. Oh, and, Ooh, right, that's you know, great. It yeah. whether, whether it was with pork, whether it was a, a smoked turkey leg, yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Now, of course, now you have some people who do cook it without any fat, and it's 100% vegan, but that's probably why I went and looked at his as vegetable because we just looked at it. That makes sense. With, <laughs> yeah. It <with> was <animal> <laughs> Put a turkey guess, neck in there. Yeah, yeah, right. And technically, <laughs> if you looked at it, it, was probably no like vegetables on the plate because even the green beans, we did the same thing. Right. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. And 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 you had to have
2: a piece I'm sorry, you had to have a piece like when you go to grab some out of the pot, you had to have a piece of meat and and those greens. Like I'm not going to eat the greens without exactly. the shredded whatever. Well, that was the whole purpose of yeah. putting it in. Right, yeah.
0: right, right. Like what what was the point of putting it in the pot yeah, yeah, yeah. if, if I ain't going to put it, it in my it. plate? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So that's probably why we didn't look at it as as a vegetable. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. That's
0: that is good. that is That's really good. Right, right, yeah. right. That is an interesting point. Uh so, uh why did slaves eat greens? Well, the evidence uh we gathered in Europe, West Africa and the South indicates that African people more than Europeans Sought the dark leafy greens hmm. for their diet. Southern U.S. forests lack such plants, so slaves adopted collards from wow. their master's garden. Wow! You know, so um, so so this goes along with uh, that long lineage of mm. of soul food yeah. Yeah. with with making nothing well, well with making something, something out of nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, so so and chef, if I if I yeah.
1: could yeah. cue in too, yeah, please I know do a, a lot of the um. Uh, things that were taught about our ancestors that mm-hmm. were brought to the America, specifically the American South, since we're speaking on the American South. But that could be spoken throughout the, all of the diaspora. Yeah. But it's like we made something for nothing. But we already had that knowledge mm-hmm. from West Africa mm-hmm. of using like the um, let's say the off cuts or the more unattractive cuts mm-hmm. stuff like that because we because we hunted back home yeah mm. a lot of people don't know that we were actually wow. we were actually hunted in West Africa mm. you know what I mean so when when we came here having that so it was nothing to okay they only want us to eat this part. Well, we already got that. Wow! You know, and then through generation, and generation, so it wasn't something that just started year That's something we already knew from back home.
0: Now, wow. see, that's that. That's something that I was today years old hmm. and found out that, mm-hmm. that that there was already this this momentum, this already know how. Because, like you said, we were hunters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm thinking that I didn't know that. I, I, right. I didn't
2: know that right. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> that's that very that interesting. We
0: picked this up from slavery. Yeah. So so actually. This was this was traditions passed down prior to slavery Mm -hmm. that was then incorporated during slavery. Then, Mm. oh man,
2: wow!
0: Look at that. The more you know, folks. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. So, the more you um, you
1: grow. Right, right.
0: So, where did collard greens originally come from? Uh, What some of you may not know is that the collard green is also known as the tree cabbage. And some may think that collard greens originated in Africa, but they were originated in Eastern Mediterranean. Collard greens are, are an extremely nutritious vegetable rich in vitamins and minerals that help prevent and fight diseases. Now, this is the collard green. It, if that, I, I, it feels like I'm, I'm getting reintroduced uh, to, to, to this staple Same in here. the black cuisine. Same here. Absolutely. Uh, So um, what is the history of this leafy green? People have been eating leafy greens since prehistoric times. But it wasn't until the first Africans arrived in North America in the early 1600s that America got its first real taste of collard greens so Mm. so this this tree cabbage Mm -hmm. that that we have transformed into into a staple when was
2: the last time that you had
0: some cabbage i mean (laughs) some greens (laughs) (laughs)
2: um i want to say what was this september probably in july Mm, cookout July. No, actually, at one of my events. Oh wow! I had greens and cabbage mixed together really? as a side. Yes, and they were absolutely amazing. So,
0: so <laughs> then, for, for for your events, do you uh, uh, cook exclusively vegan? Yes. So then, how uh, um how how do you prepare your? Leafy green, my, my greens. Yeah, yeah.
2: Without the um, without the meat. Yes. So there's a liquid. It's a liquid called liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we use or what I use um, to replace or to give that smoky flavor mm. from. Obviously, it would normally be meat that would give that smoky flavor, but yeah. the liquid smoke actually gives it the the flavor. And um, I use a vegetable broth. I parboil them
0: first
2: (laughs) with water. My my grandma, yes. (laughs) And my daughter, she helps me sometimes, and she's like, "Mom, why do we have to do this? Why don't you just?" And I'm like, "Cousin Anna said that's what you have to do." (laughs) So we parboil them first, obviously, and then um, I add vegetable broth. I do um, liquid smoke. Um, different seasonings and a vegetable bouillon. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. it, you should be familiar with it, but a vegetable bouillon um, that adds a depth of flavor. Onions, um, peppers, chop up onions and peppers in there, and that's about it. Oh. And I, I like to add cabbage in there, that mm-hmm. gives it a different um, texture because cabbage is a little bit more crunchier. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I mean, I've tried greens by themselves, mm-hmm. they're great. But if I had a preference I would say the cabbage and and the greens together. It's really? really good. Yes.
0: Y'all are teaching me something. Yeah. I am I am yeah. going you to You like it together? I'm yeah. going to try yeah. that out. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning from the goats yeah. right now. Yeah. So it's
1: <laughs> a good combination. So it yeah, chef Chef-O, yeah, it's please. It's funny you brought out the bouillon. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not I might begin a little bit off topic there but if you go to West Africa we use a lot of what is called magi, mm-hmm. uh, which is a it's a bouillon. It's okay. like a hard like seasoning and you put it in broth and whatever, and then dissolves in this, rice and oh, something. Oh, wow! Yeah, but we call it maggi. Okay, you, know, you have to actually say it like that, maggi. Maggi. <laughs> <Maggie. laughs> right, so yeah, so that's the same like application with the with the Okay, is is is
0: is maggi available here? I yeah. was going to ask States?
1: that. I was yep. going to ask yep. that. you can go to. Um, where would it be available? It wouldn't be available. You wouldn't see that in a regular supermarket, but like mm. more like international stores. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And like your African stores, and even like your Indian. Yeah, you'll see stuff. Yeah. And it's I didn't know there was Maggie. an
2: African store in Harrisburg. Is it?
1: I'm not sure, not sure, yeah okay but I'm there gonna there look into, into that because I'm always yeah.
2: trying to like I'm a seasoning carnivore, like mm-hmm. I have there I'm overflowed with seasonings. <laughs> and I see something new, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try that mm-hmm. because that's really the only way you know, and I feel like that's the only way that you can be unique as a chef right. is to try different seasonings well, and, and that's different our things. Culture. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? If you go into once again the American South, mm-hmm. you know you got the Cayenne. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you go, if you go to like even like, uh, even though it's not the West African diaspora, but even like um, Ethiopia and Somalia, you got the Berber.
2: Mm.
1: Um, you know what I mean? So all these different he's places. He's, he's bringing it. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. yeah, You got these like different different seasoning, and that's wow. just all like part of. We are. Yes, absolutely,
2: yeah. so,
0: absolutely. So then, Chef, uh, Sh- let me ask you then: um, What do you put in your your uh, collard greens?
1: Um, well, I do a couple different versions. Sometimes I do a vegan version. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be, um, once again, I'll add, just like she mentioned, liquid smoke, mm-hmm. you know, the water. Um, I, I'm a huge garlic person. Mm. Uh, so I'm always like, um, I actually do like a sofrito. Okay. What, like what, you know, Spanish do. Yeah. Um, wow. Which is something actually what we did in West Africa. As wow. well, but we didn't call it sofrito. Hold yeah. on, wow. learn, learn hey, us something, Stop the presses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put a
2: pen right there. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: So 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 like uh, one and a lot of stew dishes, but specifically a uh, rice that we make in West Africa, which is called jollof. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of the same ingredients will we'll be with sofrito. So like we take tomatoes and garlic and peppers and and then we roast them. Hmm. Right, We roast and then them, you blend them, and then and then we blend it. Yeah, right, and then same thing. You know, you know, was the fresh herbs and whatnot, but it's like the same application right. with sofrito. Yeah, you know, except sofrito is not necessarily cooked, hmm. right? But it's the same. This the same, same application. application. Yeah. Wow, so interesting. When the went to, and obviously this is actually more than American South. So in these particulars, they went to the Caribbean's uh-huh. and South America and Central America. They adopted that. That same thing. Wow. Depending on what they found, it so wow. that's why you know your rice and gondolas Yeah. You, know I mean? you did your law. Come on. Tis, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it all has like that pack with that flavor. Yeah. Because that's you know that's what we did, mm-hmm. and I mean, really the only difference was what sh- what ship picked you up, right? Yeah. yeah. You either speak in Portuguese, Dutch, Spanish, French. Or, or English, wow. right? right. <laughs> you know what right. I, mean? Right. Yeah. I mean? and yeah. So depending who picked you up, yeah. but, but, but the techniques were pretty much the same.
2: So that's your vegan version. You got, you yeah. said you have different versions yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, and I do cook with me too. And but specifically, I would do like smoked turkey, mm-hmm. like smoked turkey legs and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Smoked turkey. Yeah.
0: Now, now, now,
1: do you use the the wing? or or like all parts all parts yeah all parts yeah i don't have no rules or whatever i, I pick up mm-hmm. it could be the wings it could be the it could be the drums it mm-hmm. could be the the thot, you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah cook cook that in there let it so get that potley going Yeah. take it out you know mm-hmm. and chop it up throw it back in mm. oh yeah. man chef, yeah. chef chef oh
0: <laughs> i will tell you this i will tell you all this i started on uh, eating um um gnocchi uh, uh, potatoes Okay. never knew what they were right. uh before chef and which is not west african <laughs> <so. Okay. laughs> and 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 now it's it's a staple, staple in, from in, you. In, in, yeah. in my cuisine so
2: cooking? oh yes okay. yeah. Wow. yeah
0: yeah yeah okay. different different renditions yeah. and everything you know <laughs> i actually tried it um mixed it with some sofrito mm, like i'm nice. i'm try- trying trying, yeah. Try- yeah. trying there, a bunch of go. stuff right Um, i and and even um the the avocado um, oil mm. okay oh that's a, nice. amazing buttery nice. it's so yes. buttery it the cooks so good yeah, yeah. i, I don't you.
2: use it for everything but like if i want like a certain taste with mm-hmm. what, like a stir fry yeah. or it just gives such a, a a beautiful beautiful buttery taste to them i love it nice yeah look y'all are getting me hungry yeah <laughs> i was like should i make a pot of greens for <laughs> i was really contemplating it like oh man <laughs> i wish you would. were growing greens in my garden they're the easiest thing to grow like they They really are. They grow beautiful.
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because our next point here is uh, it's asking why are collard greens considered a black thing? And collard greens were just one of a few select vegetables that enslaved African-Americans were allowed to grow and harvest Mm. for themselves and their families. Uh, So this leafy vegetable obviously is now considered a soul food staple
1: Mm -hmm. because of that. And, and which is not just eaten by black folks. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like Come everybody on. eats them now, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're from the South, yeah. 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 And
0: um and and what um what I found in um in my research, which which shouldn't really be um alarming here. Right. Uh, but but just, you know, American education, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um uh, I never looked at the 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 enslaved as folks that would have a green thumb. But it's like Hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. we were hunters. We, had we were to. gardeners. Right. We, we had, we you know had what to. I mean? we, yeah. We did all that for for ourselves. You yeah, know what I mean? We yeah. had to. Right. And they classified. They they
0: classify When I say they, the educational system classified the 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 enslaved as just slaves, but not mm. realizing that. Y'all, y'all took doctors. You know, mm. you took caretakers. You took, yeah. you, you, you know, yeah. mothers, husbands. You took, you know, people that were contributing to their society. You right. took them away. So, yeah. so you weren't taking unskilled.
2: Mm. You yeah. know, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, which mm-hmm. is
1: the narrative, right? Yeah, and and you have to think um, to add on to that, like whatever slave trade it was, whether it was cotton, whatever yeah. was. Um, Um, indigo um what was some of the slave trade rice um tobacco like our enslaved were actually skilled in those areas yes Yes. so when so when the europeans went to pick these folks for these different slave trades they were picking folks who were actually skilled they weren't just picking anybody right right right. Mm -hmm. do do you know what i mean they were actually picking people who were skilled because You're not going to build a company with unskilled labor, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. part. You're definitely not going to build a... Come on. Right. Do you know what I mean? So the narrative, like, they were stupid, blah, blah, blah. That was false. Right. 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 You know what I mean? They specifically pick certain people for whatever trade that was because they knew they had skilled and been doing it for centuries Mm right Mm right there you go there you go everyone the more you know I wish that we
0: could really talk talk some more about this but we can't
1: talk about that because the critters
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and we're 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 coming up on on that uh, time where we have to switch things over to to things to make you say hmm but before we do that um, I do want to give our guests uh, some some time and space to talk about their business and their their cuisine.
2: So, All right, thanks. So, again, my name is Marilyn um, Christian, formerly uh, Marilyn Jackson, and I am the owner and chef of delightfully Vegan LLC in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I can be found on all, well, not all social media platforms, but most of them, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, And uh, we basically do catering events. We do vending events um, until we actually get a brick and mortar. Um, That's what we do right now. Um, I also offer meal prepping. Um, So um, we've been open about... That was, This is year two, so it's been two years. Congratulations! Um, thank you. And so uh, we just started a cooking class about a week ago. Um, that was being filmed um, with people from like Florida and Georgia, and um, so we did a, a cooking class. And I also did a um, cooking show. Um, so we're trying to trying to launch out and do different things um, to educate um americans or whoever all across the globe if possible um the benefits of a plant-based diet what it does for you how it helps you know with your health and everything and also um how much flavor i bring to the table my i, I don't play when it comes to flavor in my food yeah um you're going to taste my food and think that it's regular like it's meat and and i've shocked many 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 people and that is my goal is to let people know that you know plant-based food is not you know drab and boring it really does have flavor you know and you can and you can make it taste very good so um that's the gist of my business oh
1: all right well well if you don't mind me asking mm -hmm. how long have you been vegan
2: uh so february 7th it will be six years Um, I started off on a 40-day fast, uh, Daniel fast in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. My husband and I were down there uh, living at the time, and we were going to this church down the street, and they, you know, wanted to do a Lent fast, you know, for 40 days. And I started it, and um, as the 40 days approached or came to the end, I'm sorry, um, I just kept going. I I loved the way I felt. I had the mental clarity. Um, It was just I just felt amazing and I knew if I would have went back, I would have went back to feeling bad again. So I just continued and I never went back and it's been six years. Mm. You know, I struggle sometimes um, with cheese, if I can be completely honest, Mm -hmm. but I don't. Eat meat at all? Like wow. I will not. I won't touch it. I just. It's just ingrained in me now. Just leave it alone. And I just. I don't try to uh, force anyone to become vegan. I just try to give them the benefits and, mm. and let them taste the food and let the, let the food do its work because it always works. Oh That's
0: incredible. That's <laughs> incredible, that's awesome. Chef yes. O. Oh.
1: Awesome.
2: Um. Yeah. So my name is Oliver
1: Say. Um. I actually been twenty three. I've been in business for six years now. Uh, and my uh, my business um, has multiple streams. So I also have a catering business, a, a retail business where I have products, food products, and three different um, markets in Lancaster. Uh, my business is based out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And then I also, two years ago, I got a food truck. Um, which um, that's been pretty well. And then just about one month ago, I just started a food stand at Lancaster Central Market. Um, So that's what I've been doing. My business, um, just in short, it focused on um, our enslaved ancestors from West Africa um, Mm -hmm. via the transatlantic slave trade when they were brought to the Americas, different parts of the Americas, um, the American South, Central, South America, and also the Caribbean um and i focus and i tell that story through food yes. um wow so when they're brought to different parts and just the different cuisines that they contributed and was really the ones kind of you know making that stance on food and what food is in mm-hmm. the americas mm-hmm. and of course with west african um, being the foundation of all those cuisines yeah so Beautiful. i try to tell that story about them um obviously there wasn't given credit recognition and obviously mm-hmm. didn't get a paycheck um, for so my premise is to highlight them um always all right yeah, and beautiful.
0: and and folks, you can listen to to his full one on one interview in on the melanin report. so make sure you check that out. Now we have about three minutes left here before we have to wrap things up, so let's have a little bit of fun and hit you with some hypotheticals here so, our first question What is the best music movie of all time? We have A, The Five Heartbeats, B, Dream C, Temptations, or D, Purple Rain.
2: Five Heartbeats.
0: Oh. That
2: was my first time. Oh, <laughs> my
0: office hours. I'm,
1: I'm gonna have to go with The Temptations. The Temptations. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh.
0: Yeah. You know, um,. <clears throat> When I was younger, I thought that they were basically the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was like, "Yo, it's some um, it's some broke dudes, about four of them. They get rich, do drugs." I was like, "Yo, is is this
2: simple as that? Yeah, is this yeah. the same movie?" Nice. And yeah. I
0: could have swore yeah. they had on the same person. Wasn't Leon? Leon was in both of them, wasn't he? That's
1: probably that's probably, <laughs> that's
0: what probably <laughs> because he played the same character. He was the same character <laughs> in um, Waiting to Exhale. That's, like, funny, like, you know, that's like he, he's always in David Ruffin mode. So, yeah, David Ruffin. <laughs> so our our uh, second question here um, it takes us to the culinary fight, the culinary battle. So, who has better biscuits? A. Red Lobster. B. Popeyes. C. KFC. D. Bojangles. Oh my gosh! I never even had Bojangles.
2: Can you repeat those again? Yep.
0: Uh, a Red Lobster, uh-huh. B Pot Pies,
2: C KFC, D Bojangles. Oh, it's a toss between pot pies and uh, uh, yeah, and Red I'm Lobster. To, I'm gonna
1: have to go with pot pies. Whoa, pot pies! Yeah.
2: How about you? Well, I, I would say pot pies. Really? As well. yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes the cheddar biscuits. Nah, they're I, good, but sometimes they be dry. Uh, uh, and they be uh, dry uh, a lot more uh, than, they're, <laughs> than, they're, than, they're, than they're good. Like when they first be, came I have out. To be quite <laughs> honest.
1: I've only been at Red Lobster one time. Really? And that was good. Did you have the biscuits I did. I did try the biscuits. And first I was eating them. I'm like, this is pretty good. And Mm -hmm. then after like... Two or three, like,
2: mm-hmm. you were over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do, you, you do, yeah. like, I'm over it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well,
0: uh, they they do have um make it yourself at home cheddar biscuits. Yeah, I they did have that the mix right. I yeah. did that, yeah.
2: and they they actually did come out really good. Yes, when I made they them do. At home, I, they did, and I use vegan cheese Ooh, instead and of you yeah. Can,
1: like even flip it to make make it your own. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Look, that's
0: true. Um, I'm just saying. If either of you do that, I'll be a taste tester. Uh-huh. 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 I, I will yeah. A volunteer, right. you know. Um I will I will put my stomach up for tribute. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, um so our our second to final question here. Uh what do you eat on your grits? Now, this one has torn social media mm. apart. So, is it A, cheese, B, salt and pepper, C, sugar, D, butter? C and D for me. C and D, sugar yeah, and butter. You know, yes.
1: B- butter, salt and pepper and, and cheese.
0: Oh, so A yeah. A B and D. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, uh, now 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 I have a question for you, Chef yes. Christian. Now now isn't putting isn't
2: putting um sugar in your grits just cream of wheat? Yeah, probably. But I think I think grits they have a different consensus. They're a little mm, thicker than yeah. cream of wheat. Cream of wheat's very watery, like yeah. runny. Whereas grits has more of like it's thick. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. porridge, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, they're kind all of. all porridges. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just never associated with sugar. Now, and uh, and I was never really that great of a cream of wheat fan. But I, when I oh, was young, we did wheat. eat farina. Mm-hmm. oh I love uh, Farina and, I grew up that, on that and that was with obviously with sugar yeah, yeah. yeah. I grew up on yeah. Farina
2: my dad gave me that when I was growing up so oh, yeah. oh man so our but sugar for the grits now sugar yeah. for the grits. No,
1: grits no no, 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 <laughs> no sugar team no sh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright so um, so our our final question here um, we are taking it to the TV well, okay how many fights did the fresh prince get into before his mom got scared is it A, 5, B, 1, C, 3, D, 2? One. I'm going to go with one. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She mm-hmm. said, you move moving with your auntie and uncle to Bel-Air. <laughs> one fight. It was
2: fight. a big fight. Yeah. Yo,
0: yo, one fight. Sent him across That's the country. It. You got the go. Man. <laughs> we funny. ain't doing this. Send him funny. clear across yeah. the country. We are not That's doing not funny, this. You boy. got to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yo.
2: Come on. <laughs> i would be like, mom. <laughs> right? Like one fight, though. One fight.
0: On. <laughs> like that. That is dramatic. That <laughs> is.
2: That is. Clear.
0: you either wanted me over there or you were done with me. Exactly. Either way. Mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, either way. I'm not, we
2: ain't starting this. You got to go. <laughs> Before it even gets started, you got to go.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we are going to uh, put a pin in it right there. I would like to thank our guests for coming in again. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: I Thank like you. to add one more thing. Yeah, yeah, please do. Just please, when you make your greens, mm-hmm. parboil them first. Oh, there you go. All right, and make sure you season them really, really good, and you get get and your good, so, good, great like every pot of greens. Every black yeah, <laughs> just please. That's funny. <laughs> oh. oh,
1: now it's out of curiosity. Yeah. Was this the mother or, or father's side? My
2: dad's dad side, yeah. No, there yeah. it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this concludes our our part three of three for this week for our podcast, the Melanin Report. I want to thank our guest again for joining us. Thank
2: you for having us. Yes, yes, us. absolutely. And this was fun. Thank you, thank, thank you.
0: Hopefully, hopefully we can do this do this again sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in the words, in the words of Tupac Shakur,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: reality is wrong but dreams are for real. I'm Marquise Lupton telling you to trust your dopeness. Now enjoy these sounds from Mr. Motivation.
2: One time, two times, three times, pop, 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 pop it up, pick it
0: up, two, three, four, one more, mile, two more, let's get it and We don't never, it, we just gonna reload and shoot for the Before I roll all over, you, all over you, yeah, you better get out of my way now, before I roll all
2: over,
1: you, all over you, yeah, what y'all know about cadence, I remember cadence being a thing that inspired me, it fueled me, it gave me what I needed to keep going, when drill song went an extra mile or two. After doing four or five, and we was tapped out, I kept going. So I aspire to be there for you, the Cadence Caller. I am Mr. Motivation, and I'm pouring into you.
0: Yeah! Shout out the Air Force. Navy, what's up? up?
1: Marines rock. Coast Guard, I see you. you. Army, we strong.